Hey, hello, everybody, and welcome to this incredibly important Chamber podcast. And I cannot wait to talk to our Chamber's economist, our own Dr. Cameron Afshar. Cameron, first and foremost, thank you for all that you've done relative to uh, keeping us the really, uh, really on the pulse of the economy, which is ever-changing. And uh, before we get into what's happening right now, again, thank you, Cameron, for all you've done. And you're back with some time for us. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much, Tony. Actually, uh, 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 you let me start this uh, survey back in 1998. And if you remember, you had to get people to allow us to use their fax machines to yeah. fax all of these to people, uh, a couple of thousand people. <laughs> it, yeah. it was an upward uh, production back then. Now it is uh, emails, and I'm really grateful for you. Uh, spearheading this process and making uh, this direct data, primary data for the Lehigh Valley coming out to let all the businesses know what other businesses are thinking and planning to do. Yeah, I remember, well, people would complain, oh, my fax machine went off at two o'clock in the morning because we do these blast fax. But as uh, of the present, Cameron, I am very surprised as well as concerned uh, you know, we, we happen to live in a world where now when you too much good news scares you a little bit, you know, but I am surprised at how, you know, not for everybody, but in the general sense that this economy is in pretty good shape. You know, again, there's some red flags, some concerns, but uh, your thoughts on where we are. And um, I, I know you, you, you're it's a little more optimistic, I think, than even you thought. Oh, yes, it is. Actually, our survey of uh, uh, Lehigh Valley businesses indicates that the, the overall sentiment really leaped up by 13% in one month. I mean, it is real jump. A lot of businesses uh, are starting to think uh, uh, much more positive about the future than they did uh, just a couple of months ago. And part of that is uh, what we have seen at the national level as well as uh, consumer expenditure is going up. And 70% of our economy is consumer expenditures. We are a consumer economy. So when that goes up, everything else start to uh, catch up. Cameron, is this because people during uh, COVID and the real height of the pandemic were not spending money? So um, first and foremost, can you confirm that I think nationally that people have more money saved now uh, than they had in the past? And I guess now they're they're going, and, and again, this, well, I want to first ask you that piece, because I don't want to talk about what the stimulus money did, because I know a lot of people, um, you know, younger people were starting up who are taking that money and not irresponsibly, but maybe they're buying a, a heating system in their house they needed. Maybe they're buying, uh, you know, things that they were really holding off in the past. Oh, yes. They, uh, one of the effects of the stimulus money was that it blew up ability that didn't exist and was disappearing because of the pandemic. Uh, many people were able to continue to work using Zoom and stuff like that. However, a very large number of workers in the country uh, could not get a job done because their job was a, on a face-to-face -face meeting with uh, customers. And uh, actual unemployment uh, rose at one point to about 17 million people. That is the real number, not the calculated number. It also includes those who get 
frustrated and are not look have not looked for a job last four weeks and stuff like that. So uh, that uh, meant that even whatever money people have saved, that uh, weren't spending a lot of it. So the stimulus monies that came from beginning last year and uh, particularly the one uh, started this year were significant in terms of giving a very, very large number of people that cushion that they felt. And interestingly enough, our saving rates shot up to about 20%. I've not seen this for, oh, we have to go really to 1970s to see anything resembling this, but it is just exploding. And also because people felt that they have more income uh, with the supplemental uh, unemployment uh, insurance, and we will talk about the negative part of that, but the positive part is that people had money to spend. Mm -hmm. So everybody hit the, uh, all these uh, uh, markets and the pent up demand uh, was met with the ability to at least spend, uh, make some of it real. So some of that pent up demand hit the market all at once. Gasoline prices went up what, by 50% people, instead of just sitting home, start to drive. Just the fact that people got back, uh, it made everything go up. Uh, so we, we are seeing huge inflation in a very, very short term uh, coming about. Uh, uh, but it is all sign of, and we are seeing that consumer expenditure also skyrocketing. Mm -hmm. So people are spending money and still have savings. Well, you know, so that's a good point. You know, the two challenges with this, I'm thinking uh, so many things I can't wait to talk about, Cameron, but the two challenges, inflation, and of course, people uh, can't find, I, I, the biggest thing I hear, Cameron, and I know you do too, I can't find people to work. I can't find people to work. I hear it over and over. In fact, what's interesting, Cameron, one last comment, I want you to comment on inflation, but the, the minimum wage has become, conversation has become almost irrelevant. Uh, and I don't mean that in a political statement, but I mean that that people are having to pay. I drove by McDonald's the other day, $15 an hour, big sign, starting $15 an hour. Uh, there, there's almost no choice. You're going to be paying people $15 an hour or they're not, they're not working. Oh, yes. Uh, part of that, of course, is due to the fact that if you uh, uh, you have children, uh, schools are closed. So they're still doing a lot of it through uh, at home and through distance learning. We are not yet at that level of full school uh, starting. So a lot of people have to decide if there are two parents, which parent stays home. If they're one parent, there's very little choice in, in that matter. So some of that works with that. And uh, what did people did before? Oh, they had babysitters and stuff coming or going to uh, uh, daycare centers. Yes, but have you looked at the prices of those places compared to what they were before? All of those prices have gone up. So you can't pay people what they earned uh, in 2019 now and uh, be surprised that why people are not coming because for them to get their, uh, their expenses are up. It's very much like a manufacturer whose uh, production cost has increased. And people say, why are you not accepting the price you accepted two years ago? Oh, because my cost has gone up. Mm -hmm. So is for many uh, uh, people. And of course, the supplemental uh, unemployment insurance uh, also helps people be able to do that. 
so that they, without uh, having to uh, go through extreme hardship. So Cameron, how do you see as an economist, how do you see us uh, reconciling this um, lack of finding people? I mean, I, I hear it, I was at a meeting this morning, can't find people, can't find summer employment, can't find, um, are, are people not as motivated as they once were in terms of uh, wanting to, uh, to find a job? No, uh, it is the notion of uh, uh, supply chain in employment as well. Uh, people have to now totally change what they have been doing over time and switch to the current situation and make this a, a, new, a new now as compared to what they have gone through a whole year of shutdowns and uh, lack of availability of, uh, uh, of jobs. Also, what I have uh, talked with uh, a number of good friends, uh, uh, and I've uh, uh, indicated to them that since the Phoenicians invented something called money, the problem of not finding employees is taken care of. Offer a little more. Things have changed. Yeah. You can't go back to 2019 yeah. now. Yeah. You know, it's funny when you hear a lot of conversation about closing the wealth gap. And I think uh, it's, I, ironically, it's happening. I, I don't, you know, depending on what side of that spectrum you're on, maybe not fast enough, maybe too fast, but it's it's happening uh, without legislation. Again, minimum wage was a conversation, no longer as much because the because that's what, you know, the new margin is at least $15 an hour, as well as uh, it's been a pretty good run uh, for a lot of people. And I think uh, maybe not so much for others. So I think we're in, uh, in you know, this, in this odd way, COVID has increased the reconciliation of this, uh, Wealth gap. Uh, I hope that uh, uh, we can take advantage of this uh, event that is happening right now, as you are explaining. For the first time, this issue of minimum wage is not what it used to be. If you look at the economics of it, you can't hire anybody less than that. So let's not pretend anything differently. But if we can at this point say, guys, let's do something now that it wouldn't affect anybody's expenses, anybody's cost of hiring, but put it in and then instead of every year have a political fight over it, use the consumer price index as a method of increasing it. If it goes up 2% next year, raise that 2% automatically rather than then wait 10 years and yeah. all of a sudden have to double everything. And everybody will say, I can't afford double. Most people can afford one, 2% increases. Kevin, I don't want to miss making sure when I have you over the, the conversation regarding inflation. Uh, you know, it used to be a word you used to hear a lot. I remember a double digit inflation at some point in, in my career. And uh, we've had a good run, you know, zero, 1%, 2%. What do you think we're going to be looking at uh, if not 2021, 2022? Do you think? think it'll level off or, you know, do you think we might see uh, maybe not double digit, but at least high single digits? Well, right now, what we have seen is a significant increase in, in the rates. Actually, if the April rate continues for a year, it will be 9.2% inflation. Wow. For the first four months of this year, if we calculated at annual rates, our inflation was 6%. The 12 months ending in April of this year, 
inflation has been 4.2%. We have to go back to 2008 before we see an inflation getting even close to that. So, Cameron, is it one of three things or a combination of all? Is it policy, public policy, new administration and policy? Is it supply line, which of course raises uh, rates. If you can't, if they haven't been during COVID, they haven't produced, been producing a product. Now they got to, you know, ramp it up. So supply and demand, or is it the money that was pumped into this economy, or is it sort of all three of those things? It is a sort of combination with uh, some caveats. For example, there was a significant pent up demand that came up to this point. People are venting that. Uh, desire. It is hitting the market right now. So what we see that the present time probably going to last through uh, June and uh, July would be an extraordinary high level of demand that will not repeat itself as we are going forward. A large number of people who have been unable to go on vacation want to go on vacation this year, all at the same time. This, when it happens, at that moment, it will affect the economy and prices, but then it going to subside. Uh, of course, the ability to do that for a, a large number of people uh, uh, has been because of all these uh, supplements and particularly the direct stimulus that put money in people's bank accounts. So people, that's why the savings, the total personal saving in the US went up to something like six trillion dollars <laughs> something unheard of multiple times what it have ever been <laughs> so it is these will pass yeah. uh, supply chain has been badly damaged because of all the changes and also we are uh, again uh, looking too too much inside uh, globally uh, the issue of covid has not been taken care of uh, uh, we, we uh, many trading partners, particularly for parts, if you think of it, we no longer build anything completely here. All these parts come all, from all over the globe here. And you're looking at trading partners like India and others where uh, COVID is ravaging everything and destroyed a lot of their abilities to produce and do other things. So those things are damaged. Yeah. So, these, so we are going through that part of COVID external to the United States, and sure. that also affects the prices. I was at a meeting this morning, uh, two, two times this week, a large organization that we're going to do uh, capital projects uh, and put them off now because of the cost of, of, you know, of goods, uh, lumber, and so on. So again, as you just said, it's not, you know, I think we have a tendency to feel like, okay, we're, we're, you know, we're, we're vaxxing at a high rate. Uh, but it's not just uh, producing products here. Many products are produced, if not fully abroad, partially abroad. So there's a dynamic there. So good point. Well, we get all these parts co uh, coming. That is one of the reasons that the prices were so low was that you could buy one part of this whole thing from uh, Kathmandu and it comes in and makes the product cheaper. And because of the existence uh, pre prior to COVID of a very efficient supply chain, all of these pieces can come in on time and production goes on. And that on time uh, or inventory uh, is no longer going on because many of these entities that uh, are trading partner uh, cannot produce and uh, don't have 
the parts themselves. And when these things fail, like they can't manufacture more cars because they have they don't have enough chips uh, for computers in the car, yeah. so that it can't go on. There, everything has to wait for that chip to come before the car can roll out of the uh, uh, conveyor belt. Yeah, Cameron, I'm going to bring in Lauren Spence. So Lauren's going to ask you a few questions and. Uh... I'm anxious to hear. Lorno has said great, great questions, and particularly from um, this younger group of uh, professionals that we have across the valley, which is growing. And um, Lauren, you're an example of uh, some of the impressive young workforce that we have. So uh, uh, it's all yours. Thank you, Tony. That means a lot. And Cameron, this conversation has been absolutely fascinating. Everything you're saying, um, it's just really resonating. One question I do have for you as an economist, what advice do you have for professionals hoping to take advantage of the improving economic conditions in the Valley and beyond? Well, uh, recognition that uh, although we deal with today, there will be a tomorrow. And economic plans can be done based on multiple, uh, if not multiple years, at least multiple months. Uh, a lot of new customers are coming to you in this market. You may have too many coming as your ability to provide supply. But be aware that this is just a wave. Make sure that if you are in a service industry, your customers are happy. Adjust your abilities, do not overpromise because when this wave goes through behind it, we will go back to something resembling 2019. Mm -hmm. And this huge demand that is here now is a wave it is a uh, people going through this pent up demand. And when it is vented through, it will go back to normal. It will be a new normal, but uh, many entities uh, forget. And as a result, uh, uh, they don't take care of customers uh, at the point that they think, oh, I have so many, uh, I can't spend time doing it. No, please spend time. You really don't. This is the abnormal part. This is the top of the wave. There's no policy is behind. I don't want to steal one of your questions. Well, Lauren, are you going to ask about real estate? If you are, I'm going to. Uh, Go for it, Tony. Well, I, one of the things when, you know, when we talk about uh, younger uh, professionals that are living in the area, you know, the, the whole real estate market is it's crazy. It's, it's, uh, it's you know, you, you establish a price and then you wait for people to bid 10, 20, $30,000 more. You know, I never saw anything like that. Um, and my concern is giving, keeping a lot of people out of the uh, ownership uh, market, which I think is so important for people to build wealth. Uh, any changes in that, Cameron? Tony, uh, we, we both saw that uh, back in 2006, 2007, if you remember, prices were going up uh, similar to current time at an exponential uh, rate. And few, we were all discussing on where is this going to and what is going to happen. So uh, right now we are looking at a low uh, 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 supply and inventories are very low and uh, production has been slow. Uh, part of it nowadays, of course, due to lack of availability of parts. Again, in housing, uh, uh, wood and stuff like that are not available as much and that affects production. Uh, but uh, again, we are, People got a lot of money uh, at, uh, as per indication of huge increase in savings. 
And back last year, particularly when you couldn't go out to a restaurant, you couldn't go on a, on a trip, you couldn't go on vacation. What did you do? People invested that money, stock market as well as housing market, mm-hmm. both nationally and locally, we saw that explosive growth. You think the market, I'm going to let Lauren go right after this, but do you think the market's going to stabilize, continue to increase at a slow rate, or, or some are predicting a huge drop in the stock market? Um, ask an economist about the stock market. <laughs> we based all our models on rational expectation theory. I haven't seen much of that in stock market. But um, yet there, there are a lot of expectations that there is a correction coming up as this wave goes through. But while we are in this wave, everybody says inflation is coming and we are looking at it. What is one of the uh, protections against inflation? What can you purchase that will protect you through an inflationary period? Stocks are the easy one, housing. These are the factors that are helping these two markets go, uh, go up. But uh, a lot of economists expect that there will be a downward adjustment in both. Lauren, all yours. Well, Tony, I loved that question because I'm currently in that position with my family right now. I I rent a home. Uh, We've been looking to buy a home actually since pre-COVID times, but it's been especially challenging over the last year and a half trying to buy a home, getting outbid pretty much every time we put in an offer. So it is reassuring to hear, Cameron, that you see an adjustment coming, a a light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak, because I desperately need that. Yeah, Uh, it's a concept of uh, supply and demand as uh, demand keeps at the level it is. Slowly, the uh, home builders will discover that there is a lot more profit in building than was before, and they start uh, with the supply chain on uh, production materials starting to s- stabilize. They can then have an ability to uh, give a a bid, a correct bid, uh, to do something. Uh, my neighbor is uh, redoing his uh, patio. And they gave him a bid and they're back here saying, you know, when we gave you a bid, the price of wood was this, it is now here. I mean, work with us, please. Uh-huh. Uh, so that those issues will stabilize as we get to probably June, July. So will interest rates will go up mm-hmm. just for this huge demand. So there is the other side of this thing as coming in as well. So be patient, Lauren, you're, you're, you're right, the right time will be coming. So that's yeah. what I was gonna ask, so you think we should maybe be patient yeah. and wait until after the adjustment, hopefully after June, July? After June, July, but then maybe lock in a mortgage rate because <laughs> those would go up probably. So, so Lauren, from an Lauren, economist, I love it. I think what he's saying, Lauren, the good news is the prices will stabilize or maybe, you know, re, you know, re, re-direct, maybe come down a little bit, but your mortgage rate's going to be higher. So it's a crazy game. It's kind of like the market, you know, when to get in, when to get out. Cameron, in a couple of minutes, and I'll let uh, Lauren sign us off, a couple of minutes we have left. Uh, uh, people are watching and listening. Um, what, what do you, what's your prediction, just generally? The economy is going to be in a boom situation this year. We will all see uh, uh, the effects of it in almost every industry that you are looking at. The uh, problem for many of our members is that uh, it appears that sky is the limit in pricing all of that. That is a mirage. It is now here yesterday. But 
to maintain over time, it will not be. Uh, people would remember as we are going through this process over summer, and then when the wave is gone and the supply, the demand goes back to where it was, supply becomes more available. Think in planning about then, ride the wave, enjoy the excessive demand that it's coming right now. But this regardless will be a great boom year. Uh, we expect uh, growth rates of as much as 8% uh, during the uh, uh, second and particularly third quarter of this year. So in everything we're gonna see growth, the number of cars purchased right now has exceeded everything going back to, uh, again, pre-Great Recession when we were in an economic boom as well. So we are in an economic boom, uh, enjoy it, but prepare for it. This, this wave goes back and we will go back to a, a new normal, which resembles to 2019. So think of that in the back of your mind as you are setting pricing, as you are setting operation, as you are setting orders for products to be delivered to you for months to come. So Cameron, you wouldn't describe the new normal as either a depression and or recession, just a stabilizer. No, no, no. It would. Uh, currently, we are going through a boom and I do not expect a recession to happen because my expectations are that the Fed would respond with a, an increase in uh, uh, an interest rate, preventing uh, exponential increases in prices. And uh, even the infrastructure bill that it's going, hopefully will go through is multi-year operation. Although the number is very large because of its multi-year uh, impact, uh, it will not be that inflationary. All right. Lauren Spence, by the way, just coming off, we had our Board of Governors uh, golf outing yesterday, Cameron, packed, sold out, people so happy to be out there. You could feel the happiness and excitement. So Lauren, thank you for what you did yesterday, what you pulled off for not only the chamber, for the community. It's all yours. The final word is yours, Lauren Spence. Oh, I thank you, Tony. Thank you for the kind words. I loved all the optimism I saw, not only in person at our event yesterday, but, but in this conversation, Cameron. Thank you so much for your time today. To our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to the latest episode of the Lehigh Valley Power of Partnerships podcast. Talk about partnerships. Cameron, you're an amazing partner to the Chamber and to the Lehigh Valley community. So thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. It was a pleasure having you as our guest today. And to update us all about the economy in the Lehigh Valley, for our listeners, stay tuned. We will have Cameron back in a few months. And stay tuned for our next episode. We'll talk to you then. Thank you. <laughs>